what is happening beautiful humans happy friday you are listening to the heart to mouth podcast my name is darius and this right here is episode 224 224 consecutive days of me doing this giant experiment called heart to mouth podcast on today's podcast i'm excited to share this one with you it was an impromptu very random podcast with uh, a gentleman um, who is essentially my one of the trainers at the f45 gym down the street from my house where i train we have known each other for a few weeks mostly through him kicking my ass at the gym but there's always been something about this guy he just had this this energy to him he was so positive but like sincerely positive and he's helped coach me in the gym um both physically by giving me guidance but also just motivating the shit out of me and when i started following him on instagram and saw that he was like sharing motivational books and quotes i was just like i like this dude's energy and before I knew it, we were sort of set up for, hey, why don't you come by the studio here and we can chat a little bit. He had some questions for me. I had no clue what they were, but guess what? I leaned in, I said yes, he leaned in, he said yes. And maybe five minutes into him being here for a casual chat, I floated the idea of, hey dude, do you wanna just have the chat on a podcast? <laughs> so here it is, our first real ever conversation that we decided to record for you guys hope you love it as much as i do here we go this is a new recorder and my old recorder you got to hit twice right. and this one when you hit twice it turns the recording off Dude, that was like the best that intro ever. That was the ever. best intro ever. Shit, it's all good. It's all good. It's all good. Okay, so take two on the intro. Thankfully, we've <laughs> only been going for 60 seconds. And here's what you missed. I'm sitting in front of a man who 10 minutes ago had no idea I had a podcast. Doesn't know the name of the podcast. <laughs> But jumped into the deep end and said, sure, let's jump on the podcast. Screw it. Let's do it, man. Okay. So here, first things first, you're on episode 224 of the Heart to Mouth podcast. Yes. How Thank you, feel? you for having me. How you feel about that? You know what? I feel pretty damn uh, lucky. I'm looking forward to, to see where this goes. I have no expectations, dude. Let's just make it happen. Have you ever been on a podcast? 100% no. Yes. <laughs> Up until recently, I didn't know what a podcast was. Ooh, see the difference when you when you almost eat that mic? All right. Ooh. Yeah. Okay, so try to eat the mic as much as possible. All right. People at home think we're like cannibals or something. All right, right. Um, one, thank you for saying yes. Yeah, no worries, man. Thanks for having me over. That's, that's, a, that's a cool move to just be like, sure, let's do it. Dude, I'm all about that shit. Like, for the longest time, I let shit hold me back, and now it's just about, you know what? Feel the fear and do it anyway. So if there's an opportunity to try something new and you get that like voice in your head, that's like, oh, don't do it. I say, screw that voice. And I just, I just do it anyways, man. Dope. Yeah. Uh, maybe we start by telling people your name. My name yes. is uh, Derek. Everybody calls me Deke. So it's my nickname. So you can call me Deke. You can call me Derek. D-Pain. It's up to you. Cool. Yeah. D-Pain. What, what do you do with your time? 
What do I do with my time? You want to hear what my schedule is like? Yeah, tell me what right. your schedule is like. I wake up at 4.20 in the morning yep. on the nose, sometimes 4.19. Uh, basically, you know, I have a morning routine. Every morning, the first thing I do is I make my bed, then chug a big glass of water. Then I do my positive affirmations. Got to make sure I get to, uh, you know, I usually have a banana in the morning straight up. Okay. And some granola. And then, uh, you know, I'll have a cold shower, get the, the body amped up, and then I'll rip over to the gym for 5.15. Making sure that I meet my man Darius, who's right across from me. Got to get him amped up. I know he's uh, taking his fitness seriously now. So as soon as I get to the gym, I basically just get locked and loaded uh, to get the clients ready for the day, man. So um, that's, that's Monday to Friday. And, and that was just like the first three hours of your day. Not even. That's the first like hour and 15 hour, minutes. Yeah. So actually, it's the first 40, 55 minutes. So a bit of context. The way I know Derek is... He is one of the trainers. I'd say the head trainer at F45 Gym. Humber down, Bay, yeah. Done down the street from me, Humber Bay. And for those of you that don't know, you want to try to explain what F45 is? Yeah, sure. So uh, it's the fastest growing fitness franchise in the world. Basically works on high intensity interval training, which is considered the most efficient workout in the world to kind of give you the science behind it. The reason why it's so efficient is because you're working at such a high rate that your body can't absorb enough oxygen it creates something called exercise post oxidative consumption what that means is that it's like going into o2 debt so you leave the um the, after the workout which is 45 minutes and it's functional training so it mimics everyday movements makes you look better feel better move better and then uh, by the time you leave after that 45 minute pump you're still burning calories at such a high rate because your body's basically hey pay back that oxygen that i lent you that you didn't have no yeah. shit that's happening eh? yeah exactly so you're burning calories at extremely high rate. You might burn like six, 700 calories in a 45 minute session, but long after your body and your metabolism is like through the friggin' roof, man. Yeah. All right. So then I can keep doing as if there was like a new client presentation. So Monday, Wednesday, and Friday are going to be your cardio days. A lot of plyometrics, a lot of explosive movements in terms of the jumping and that sort of thing. Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Sundays are going to be your weight training days. And then Saturdays are a hybrid. So that's a one hour long workout. We have a live DJ. His name's DJ Power Dog. He rips yeah. it up. He's actually, it's a lot of fun. And uh, just 27 stations, back to back to back to back. You name it, two laps, and uh, we just get it done. That's dope. Yeah, man. And I've been going for like six weeks now, mm -hmm. and I love it. I've podcasted about it a couple times, right and on. I think uh, for me, it's really working. Good. And the reason I think it's working, there's a bunch of reasons, but- yeah, uh, Tell me about that. One of them is I feel like for most people fitting, working out into their schedule when it's so open-ended, it's like get a gym membership and go whenever you want. There's no structure. So like you have all these goals of wanting to go, but you don't actually plug it into your calendar. Right. With you guys, I have to plug it in because I have in the back of my head, the class might fill up and I might miss a spot. So I have to proactively look at my calendar and be like, on this day, I can do it on this day. I can't. Great. And then it's in my calendar and then the rest of my day works around that. So let me ask you this. Are you booking your week, like your week in advance? Yeah. Okay, good. Because a lot of people don't do that. They'll book it last minute. And I'd like to kind of look at the app to see who's coming into the class beforehand. Yeah. So there'll be like 11 people. And then three minutes before the class, like another nine, 10, 11 people walk in, right? I'm like, holy shit, I wasn't expecting this. Yeah. But so, it's a good habit because a lot of people have a hard time sticking with a regimen, even fitting a regimen into their schedule. So the fact that that's what, that's what it's designed for, right? Exactly. So you 
prioritize it by mm -hmm. putting it in and then you miraculously see like, oh, other things will work around it. Right. The other thing that works psychologically is most people, I think, in the morning, they're most uh, optimistic about, oh, I'm going to work out in the evening, right? Or in the evening about the morning. And the time where the optimism depletes is usually three hours before and you guys have this rule of like you can't cancel three hours before right, right and there's right. some sort of fee and it's not a lot but the point is that pisses you up off to be like no i can't cancel i gotta go so right when my energy level is most likely to want to not go to the gym right you guys have created a system around that um the other thing that i found interesting was you build weekly so it's easier to take account of how many times did I go to the gym this week? Right. How many and times I, are you going right now? Four to five. Four to five? Okay, that's kind of like the sweet spot, I'd say. Yeah, and there's like math in your head that's like, did I get my money's worth? Did I not get my money's worth? Right, right so right. that's a good thing. Uh, the other thing is uh, it's 45 minutes in and out. Mm -hmm. 100%, man. It's, a, it's the most efficient way to work out in the world. Yeah. Depending on what your goals are, right? But I guarantee you in 45 minutes, obviously, just like everything in life, what you put into it is what you get out of it. Yeah. But... You know, you, you bring it, so I respect you on that, brother. And I'm here to push you. Yeah, so, but that's the other thing, that, that you guys are there. Right. You guys are like, literally, every time you'll walk by, my muscles just pump more shit. <laughs> you know? And it's, it's all, it's, you're my favorite trainer by far. Thanks, brother. Because you push, and Good. you push, and like you, you, it's clear you have the educational background, mm -hmm. and you have the energy pushing people forward. Right. And you're like... Some people are doing jobs at all sorts of jobs and they hate their job. So it's clear that you're like into it. So uh, that's a great uh, point to talk about. So I definitely love what I do. I love like the look on someone's face when they get a good workout, helping them achieve their goals, learn a new task. Um, you touched upon something that I do have the education. Like I got my, my science degree in kinesiology from Western. Um, and then after that, I didn't, and I've, I've done more certifications. So when I started at 45 about a year ago, I've been there for full time for about like the last four and, five, four and a half months. I didn't need to be a certified personal trainer because I had an honors bachelor of science in kin, right? But I wanted just to up my game and there's being a kinesiologist or having a degree in kinesiology is not the same as being a personal trainer. Yeah. So I went and upped my game and got that certification. Then I went and got another certification um, in terms of barefoot training. And, um, I'm constantly looking things up on the internet. Like I got three or four books on the go right now. I got three or four podcasts on the go right now. So like I'm always learning like about you name it. I'm learning about it, especially in the fitness and uh, kind of the, the personal development space. And, and it shows, it shows yeah. that you have a curiosity and a hunger for growth, right. whether it's growing your muscles or growing your education <laughs> or growing your, uh, well, I don't know if this one's true, but like, what are your takes on spiritual development? So we're going to get into something a little more serious than now, if you're going to ask me that, because uh, I do take my spirituality very seriously. Um, and there's a couple directions I can go with this. So before I go there, I just want to touch upon that I really do enjoy what I do. So fresh out of university, I ran my dad's company. I was an automotive locksmith, okay. which is essentially a professional car thief. That I, right, <laughs> so like I've been, I've been on top of cars, like you know, in some rough areas, basically breaking into the car, stealing it legally for the bailiff. Okay, right, like 
you know, Jane and Finch on top of a Hummer, that sort of thing. Like, and I got a bailiff who's jacked up like, hurry, go, go, go. We got to go. And I'm breaking into a car. I'm like 21 years old. So these are like, you're repossessing a car. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And I've never done this before. My dad had a hip replacement. I'm running his business because otherwise he's going to go out of business. So I stepped up to the plate and I just learned things on the go. Kind of like how you learned how to do a podcast. And yeah. How a microphone works. Right. Dope. Yeah. So, um, you know, I did that. I had some success there. And then uh, I went into high pressure sales. I was a commissioned sales rep for Xerox selling photocopiers. So 100% commission. You only eat what you catch. The first six months, I was absolutely broke. Um, not broke. I just wasn't making money. And uh, I actually gave my two weeks. My boss said, listen, you know, you're just at that threshold about to break, you know, into some success. Stick with me. Give me one more quarter. He um, and uh, he just kind of took me under his wing a little bit. I gave him that extra quarter. I ended up staying another like 13 months. I was a top performer in the company. From there, you know, I did some more high pressure sales in terms of software. I worked for a company called Syntas, Amico, doing medical device sales, but it wasn't fulfilling. And, uh, and this is how my spiritual stuff's going to tie in because I've always had a problem with actually with substance abuse. Mm. So whether you, or you know that or not, today's actually my nine months sober. No way. Yeah, man. Boom. So, yeah. Boom. So, um, yeah, it's definitely been the big, a massive part of me getting clean and kind of changing my life around is my spiritual connection. So um, that's where I start to take things very seriously. So in terms of the growth, that's a major reason why I wanted to reach out to you. You had connected to, uh, with me on Instagram, like, dude, send me that video. And then you also sent your appreciation and your gratitude for, um, you know, my energy and the passion that I put into to training. So right away, I'm like, okay, this is the sort of thing that I've been working on in terms of like law of manifestation, attracting people with great ideas, attracting people that are going to help me grow opportunities to put myself out there and basically bring the best version of other people out of themselves. So that's mm. kind of the affirmations that I do on a daily basis, which ties into my uh, spirituality. Because like I said, my ritual is this. I wake up in the morning, close my eyes. I think of, and again, it's tough to feel things, but I think of at least five things I'm grateful for. Sometimes I make that connection. Then I get on my hands and knees and or I get on my knees and I pray and I do my affirmations like the universe provides exactly what I need to know and exactly what I need to have in the divine order I am connected to the source I'll say the serenity prayer God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change the courage to change the things I can and the wisdom to know the difference and whatever like comes to me I'll just basically spit out and put out to the universe um so again and things keep happening like I can't describe how often and like the new type of person that I've been attracting. That's why you and I are sitting here mm. across from each other. I've got like goosebumps through my entire body. This is so cool. I just want to give the people listening a little context in, in that like we just kind of learned about each other recently. Like you, yeah. if, if you're probably about a month ago before. Yeah. You, yeah but like you were a trainer at the gym, mm -hmm. right? And so like your trainer at your gym is your trainer at your gym, but like you were really great at what you did. And I felt your impact both on my muscles, right. but also on my like attitude. And it was just like, you were a highlight of my morning. You know, I'm like, I Thank like you, this man. guy's energy a lot. He's really cool. Thanks brother. And uh, I am like, when I feel energy and good energy, I'm like good energy sometimes can be hard to find. Mm -hmm. So you're like, yo, I like this. There's something cool happening here. And we were just going to hang and talk about, I don't even know what you wanted to talk about. Honestly, me either. Yeah. So like, I was like on the way, I'm like, when am I going to ask this guy? I'm like, fuck. <laughs> Shit. You know what? I'm just going to basically, and I brought up that book, The Celestine Prophecy yes. in terms of like, 
you know, coincidences. And then when we talk and as opposed to having like energies being drawn from each other, yeah, like it, like as if we're competing for each other's energy, we're actually like compounding the energy. So then things will just come to each other's head. Yeah. We don't have to worry about, worry about what we talk about because it's just going to flow. And that's exactly where this is going right that's now. That's exactly where this is going. Yeah. yeah. So I was a little bit like kind of nervous to start this, but dude, nah, now I'm, now I'm this super is chill. So man. interesting for me. You're doing a great job. I'm just, I'm just doing it. Man. You're just flowing. Yeah, yeah exactly. you're not. Yeah, exactly. Um, question for you. Go for it. How did you learn about this stuff? Oh shit. Okay. I'm going to tell you a story here. So in terms of my recovery, you know, it's not my first time doing it. And again, I've, I'm involved with a, an organization called Flip the Script, which essentially takes negative uh, impact, not negative, but like I'm going to say darker past and how people have turned them into a positive in their life. So I'm actually speaking on August 12th at the event. Um, and I'm going to be like one of the kind of ambassadors for that new organization. And again, that's just me a matter of putting myself out there, you know, meeting new people, doing new things and just looking for opportunities to grow and help other people with, with their shit. Right. Um, how did I come about this? So I actually, I moved into a rehab house, um, November 5th. So again, like I said, the last time I used was uh, November 2nd. And, um, and can, can I, and if you don't want to answer, it's totally go cool. For it. Uh, are you open to giving a little bit more context around what you mean by use and what that picture of you look like? Yeah. So I'd, okay. This, I'll give you a, like a, basically a quick little synopsis. I've always been a high performer. I got a, a scholarship to university, uh, honor roll every year in high school, very popular, arrogant, confident, sports, that sort of thing. Uh, but it was basically superficial confidence. Uh, at the prom, I had some deep-seated issues, right? Um, I had a, quite a few things happen to me, but I'm not going to play the victim. There's shit, there are things that I put myself through. Um, second year university, I got into a physical altercation. Somebody actually took a bit of my, a bite of my ear off. Yeah, 30% of my ear was uh, Whoa. Yeah, in, in a physical altercation. Um, yeah, that was pretty fucked up, to be honest. I got Mike Tyson, brother. But like, and like, if you had asked me about this three years ago, I wouldn't be able to talk about it. But like, okay. I've dealt with my shit, right? Um, I've always been a party guy. You know, the first time I smoked a joint was two weeks before grade six, um, which led to other things. Um, and essentially, as my confidence was down, like what really fucked me up was what happened in university with my ear. You know, it brought out social anxiety, that sort of thing. Um, and I, would, I found a way to maintain my honors, but I was also really good at writing exams and, and acquiring a lot of information in a short amount of time. So I actually didn't value, I get the most value out of my education. Cause you know, I, I wouldn't go to class and like, I'd be like, all right, I got three, four days before an exam. Okay, I can just smash this out, walk out with an 80. Yeah. So uh, I'm fortunate enough to, to be able to do that. But then again, I, I spent a lot of money on my, um, on my education. Um, but I'd always have a way to self-sabotage. And this actually goes back into a very young part of my childhood. I'll give you a story. Grade eight, I won a, a public speaking contest and it was a contest on why you shouldn't smoke. And um, the vice principal said that I have to go and talk in front of like the entire school, the parent-teacher council, that sort of thing. And I said, no, I don't. Um, she's like, yeah, you do. I'm like, no, I don't. She's like, yeah, you do. I'm like, okay, you're gonna see what happens. This is what I said to myself in my head. <laughs> So, you know, everybody's like all the, there was like all the top people from the classes. Right. And, um, 
So everyone does their speech. They're doing the best they can. I go up there and I intentionally sabotage it. So if, if I was in front of a mic right now, which I was, um, you know, I'd raise my voice, I'd lower my voice, I'd mumble, I'd speed up, I'd slow down. I would like, and, I, and you just, you should have seen the look on the vice principal's face. If she hears this podcast, she's going to be like that fucking little shit. <laughs> I can't remember her name, but regardless, I intentionally botched it. Right. And that's where the basically theme of self-sabotage started to happen. Right. So for whatever reason, deep seated negative core beliefs, that sort of thing, which I'm a big believer in and basically reinventing myself, which I believe I have done. Hence why, you know. I'm in the best shape of my life, changing people's lives because I've been able to change mine. Yeah. Um, that theme of self-sabotage has basically continued throughout my life. So again, I would find success. I was like a top performer at Xerox, like I said. Then I was recruited to a company called Salesforce and I sabotaged my success via drug use, right? Um, then I'd have more success at another company, sabotage it, bring myself back. So what do you think was going on? It, to, at the core root of it, I believe it was a self-esteem issue. Um, it also can tie into, you know, things that happened in my childhood that, for example, my, my parents divorced at a young age. And these experiences, as a, especially during your, your young age, like when I was four years old, that's where like basically the computer program of your subconscious mind has started to develop. So these beliefs that you may or most likely are not aware of until you actually do the work and look back into your past and talk about shit you don't want to talk about, um, they essentially dictate your life. So no matter how hard you constantly try, if you have, for whatever reason, believe you're a bad person yeah, due to things that have happened in your past or a, a big one is I'm not good enough, then you will con subconsciously do things to make yourself true. Right. True. Yeah. Exactly. So the, if I understand you correctly, the way you came to learn about the things like the law of attraction and how to manifest things and positive affirmations was through this program called Flip the Script. No, 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 Vita Nova. Vita. What, tell us about so that. So Vita Nova is our, the actual uh, rehab house. Okay. So, um, basically, it's run by this angel of a lady named Franca Carella. She, uh, it's actually completely free for those of those. I'm sure somebody knows people that are, are affected yeah, by Yeah, I knew someone. We were looking for uh, a clinic, and they're like $20,000 a month. This one's free. And they do a fantastic job. The team there is absolutely amazing. Can you tell us the name one more time? Yes, it's Vita Nova Foundation. Okay. Yeah, they honestly have changed so many lives. Um, their motto is helping put lives back together again. They definitely were pivotal in, putting, in terms of putting my life back together. So a part of that putting your life back together was like the education around personal development. and. So I did three months there as like a day program. I just wasn't ready for it. Uh, I carried on. I was doing what I was doing. I didn't really take it seriously. I was doing it for other people as opposed to myself. And then, um, you know, one thing led to another and I'm like, okay, shit, I got to deal with this again. Things are getting really bad. You know, I hit rock bottom. Um, I started doing day program again. I'd have, again, that same pattern of self-sabotage. I'd have like, you know, two months of goodness or, you know, sobriety. And then I'd screw up again. Yeah. And then they're like, listen, they gave me an ultimatum. But it was a, it was a, my, my counselor's a, a genius. She's like, listen, you either move in or you, you got to come back when you're ready for this. Right. Mm. She gave me 24 hours to decide. So I'm like, oh shit, what are we going to do? What am I going to do? I'm like, you know what? Screw it. Nothing's working. I deserve better than this. So I just told my boss, like, listen, I'm moving in. You know, you're aware of my problem, even though I was kind of masking it pretty well. 
uh, and I just moved into the house. So from the day I got there, what I needed was a disconnect from society. And um, I just put the work in, man. This is where I started to, I've never said I was a morning person until I got there. I had like, basically I started waking up five in the morning on the dot and started really applying um, what I was learning as opposed to like, for example, the first three months I was there, if you had asked me to write an exam on recovery and uh, self-esteem, I could kill it, right? But if you'd asked me to live it, it was bullshit. As soon as you start to apply things, which I believe is the most, it's, it's just so important to success. Not a lot of people do it. Like you can read a book, but if you don't apply what the book is doing, mm. it doesn't mean shit. It's yeah. just knowledge. It's, it doesn't become wisdom. Yeah. So I started actually doing things as opposed to just reading things. I'm going to tell you a story as to where I really became spiritual because I remember as a kid, I used to like pray and that sort of thing, but, um, I lost my connection with, uh, with that. But what happened was, so I was having like, uh, we were in one of the classes cause they run different classes and, um, there are these birds called, called budgies in, um, in the front foyer. And, this is what happened. I was having a craving because it was about four weeks in. I'm, you know, I was using pretty heavy um, and I was feeling uncomfortable. So I had to leave the class. It was a love and intimacy class, the connection between like sex and intimacy and drugs. And for whatever reason, I got triggered and a trigger leads to a craving. So you start to feel uncomfortable and you feel like you need to use. And um, I go to this the front foyer just to get away from everybody because it's a class of like 40 people, right? And... Um, there are these birds. There's probably about 12 of these birds, lovebirds or budgies. And I never really paid much attention to them. And then there's this one bird that just drew my attention. And there was the, the student helper and the receptionist at the front. And I stop. All of a sudden, my craving goes away. And I feel this like divine connection to this bird. And I'm like, this bird's trying to tell me something. He's so beautiful. Look at him. Like, look at his energy. He's just sitting here. And like... Right. And they're like, what the hell's wrong with this guy? Like he's talking to the birds like this guy needs some some help. Right. So I left. And then that same divine connection was there it was this blue bird in the bottom of the cage because it's a two level cage. And the best way to describe it is a divine connection, some sort of just like energy I've never felt before. And up until this point, I started to kind of see signs of like synchronicity. I'm not sure if you're familiar with it. This is the term that they use in uh, mm -hmm. the Celestine prophecy. So like I was starting to, you know, really talk about my problems and have some breakthroughs. And uh, although I had the craving, I was starting to, I had been doing the work at this point. So I was starting to feel better about myself and signs are leading up to like little signs, like exactly what you need to hear is in this book and points you in the right direction. Mm. Do you know what I'm talking about? Downloads from the universe. Fair. Great way to put it, right? Synchronicity downloads from the universe signs like, they're right in front of you and it's just it's not a coincidence mm -hmm. right so th that was on a thursday the friday comes um and I we, there's something called accu detox where they put acupuncture needles in your ear and you just do a meditation twice a week and for some reason i decided to um look out the window during the meditation and i started to tear up during my meditation and for some, my granddad uh, told me he'd always be watching me like a hawk. And um, I was looking for my granddad. And I don't know, I just started to tear up. So that was Friday in the morning. Friday in the afternoon, I'm playing chess against somebody. So one of the other clients comes downstairs. He's like, Derek, was that your blue bird? I'm like, yeah. He's like, yeah, that bird just died. I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, dude, that bird just died. I'm like, what the fuck's going on here, right? So I ran upstairs. Sure enough, everyone's like, yeah, the bird just died. 
um, I started to get like a little emotional. One of the other clients is like Google's on his phone because I was obviously like pretty shaken up about it. And um, he's like, yeah, a, a bird dying signifies the end of pain and suffering. Hmm. Right. So right away, I remember I went downstairs, I went to the laundry room, and I just bawled my eyes out. The Saturday, which is the following day, right, because it was Friday, um, I woke up and I felt like a million pounds of like anxiety and depression and like mental fog and I don't know, this like, I just felt light. And uh, I went outside and sure enough, I saw a hawk flying over, um, over the back area. And like right away, I knew that was my granddad. And that was just like, ever since that day, I'll never forget that moment. I wrote it down in my journal. And that's when I'm like, shit, you know, like some, somebody's looking over me. And uh, that's where basically where I really started to get and take my spirituality seriously. I got goosebumps again. And you don't know this about me because we've never hung out outside of F45 besides this podcast. But I, uh, I live my life around goosebumps. My, okay. my belief around Goosebumps is Was your that, favorite show Goosebumps growing up? No. Okay. <laughs> uh, but I did used to watch that after school. Um, but for me, Goosebumps are like um, God whispering behind your back, pay attention. Mm-hmm. This is important. And it gives you all sorts of Goosebumps. All right. I like that. And so when I feel Goosebumps, I'm like really present that God is guiding in this moment. Mm-hmm. And uh, also... When Jen hears this podcast, she's going to love it because uh, her and her mother have a similar um, uh, spirit animal connection with their her grandmother through Robins. Mm-hmm. So they see Robins everywhere and they're always like, oh, it's granny, granny, you know, and they have Robins all over their house. Right. So uh, that's really cool that I, and I fully believe you and believe that to sure, be a real man. thing, that that's your grandfather. It man. happens all the time. Yeah, that's that's him come in and uh, and so after that moment you you felt a big difference 100 percent. like I, I can't describe the, the like the the lightness i felt and um i don't know if it was like i don't know a bird like i can't that series of events from me just having this odd connection to this bird and then um you know the bird dying the next day then the next day i wake up feeling just like i don't know normal or light and free. It's interesting you say light because um, when I look back, I definitely had substance issues, mm-hmm. um, all sorts of substances, and but it wasn't the way you would see on a TV show or on intervention. It wasn't like binary, like you're you're normal, quote unquote normal, or you're like really uh, uh, like out of control. There was out of control elements, but it was like this massive spectrum mm-hmm. of addiction. And we all have it with a variety of different things, including our digital addictions. Right. 100%. Um, but like two years ago, my aunt got really sick with cancer and a variety of a series of events happened too that got me into deep into meditation. Mm-hmm. And then I remember like week one, week two of meditation where I started waking up at five o'clock in the morning and writing and doing bulletproof coffee and journaling and then meditating and like week one or two i remember this very vivid experience that i felt that was i was floating and it was a incredible sensation Mm -hmm. and then the thought of of alcohol was like this rope on my ankle 
that had weights and it just anchored me down and the lightness was missing. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't like harsh, like this is the devil, stay away. It was just like, if you really like floating and being in the presence of this energy up here, it's going to be really hard to do it if you're drinking. So you, you, what you just talked about there brought something to my um, awareness. So it's like breaking free from the change of the past. So during one of my meditations, I had like a vision of, I don't know what it was, but like chains holding me back, which is like my addiction or whatever, those limiting core beliefs. And during the meditation, like something just struck and the chains broke. That's crazy. That's, that's the same. That's exactly what so happened to me. When I'm talking on August 12th, it's actually like my speech or whatever is called breaking free from the chains of the past. And wow. I'm going to show you, I got somebody to design me a tattoo, although it's not what I'm going to do. I have somebody else working on it, but I'll show you a couple of the options. So check this out. Hold on a second here. So this is one of them here. Just to show you, like, this is exactly what I've been fucking with, man. <laughs> Let me see this. Hold on. So basically, one of the clients is, like, really artistic. Shit, my, uh, go, to my go to my Instagram page because I'm, I'm free to mobile. Like, they cut off my data because I'm listening to so many podcasts. Yeah. Oh, it's actually right here. So that's what I asked him to draw me. Wow. Mm-hmm. So that's you, that's the chains. Yeah. And what's in your hand on this other side? It's a clock to represent like the present moment. Like the time is now and where are you? It's here. We're here. Really cool, man. So cool. <sighs> this is a really wild connection. Um, I'm trying to think of... Hold on. I'm going to show you one more because one of the clients at F45, he's a tattoo artist visiting from Spain. He, I don't think you've met him, but um, he designed a tattoo for me as well. And I asked him to make a few changes. I'm just waiting for him to do it. So it's pretty dope. And he's going to do it for free just to be uh, like a t- his tattoo model, right? So where is it here? So same along the lines of that same theme. So the hawk represents my grandfather. The chains represent me breaking free. Where are you going to put this? Probably on my forearm. That's actually my, my forearm. I think he has like some app. app he, yeah, like, he, he came so in all fired up. I asked him to see like what, a, what an eagle would look like. Wow, that's cool. The tree represents personal growth. If you notice on the road, there's dark and light to represent the good and the bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, I asked him to put like two people on, on the path. Yeah. yeah. That's kind of like the, the look I'm going I for. I have so many people I want to introduce you to. Because I think there's uh, a lot of people in my world that you would jive with so well. Right on. So it's funny you say that because, you know, I didn't know where this conversation was going to go. I didn't know I was going to be sitting in front of a microphone doing my first podcast because this is part of my online business plan that I put together on a daily basis. And knowing, I, I like going through your Instagram page, knowing that you're big into personal development, you know, you had talked about how you, I, I had asked what you do because I really like to know what people do. Because mm-hmm. like I had mentioned, I'm big into networking. So um, I have a question for you. Okay, go. Because I'm always curious about this. You saw, we don't know each other besides the gym mm-hmm. and the gym is gym interactions and then Instagram. What, like what, if you're going to put three words to describe what I do, Mm-hmm. What would those three words be? Three words to describe what you do. Yeah, like that, my gallery page. Like mm-hmm. what are the three words that come to mind? 
authenticity. Okay. Connection. Consistency. Really? The reason why I say consistency is because I was really... You asked me the first three words. Yeah. So you, you look like you came, we're taking it yeah, back. Yeah, I'm, I'm surprised by authenticity. So being real. Yep. Connection. Why connection? Because I think what you do based on, you know, I was just reading some of the basically headlines of your, of your pictures, you're connecting with your clients and that's where you, you're able to take such nice pictures. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And then the consistency helped me understand that one. So I, I believe I read somewhere that you took 250,000 so in order to do something like that, in how long of a time? Two and a half years. Three okay. years, probably, so, yeah. So think about how many faces that is per day. Are you a math guy? I, I'm pretty good at math, but that's a big num number. So 250,000 divided by, let's call it 2.5. So what's that? 2,500 pictures per day? Hold on, I got to get the calculator. This is starting <laughs> to trip me out, man. Well, you got to imagine when I do a fashion shoot, we'll take like 3,000 photos in a day. Okay, cool. So you have to do it every single day for three, three years. Is that not consistent or what? That's where that, 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 that is definitely, yeah. People are shocked. They think I've been doing photo. I've only been doing photography full time for a year and seven months. That's crazy. Man. Yeah. People are always like shocked by that. I am too. It feels like I've been doing it for much longer, but I also struggled trying to find my thing for 20 years like is this my thing no that's not my thing is that my thing no that's not my thing this thing feels good i'm really good at it but i don't like it mm -hmm. you know and it and i finally got here that's sick bro. and i'm like oh this is so great i love this thing <laughs> dude that's that's exactly what it was like for me like aside from the self-sabotage and the addiction that sort of thing when i'm training on the floor and i see the look on someone's face when they're like oh i get it now it just brings like a sense of fulfillment to me right so where am i going with this Consistency. So you show up every single day. So yeah, a year and seven months full time, but you sub you completely submerse yourself mm -hmm. with photography. You do it day in, day out, every single day, consistent. How long do you think I've been doing personal training for? I would have said a long time before yeah, this. I, kinda, I spilled yeah, the beans, yeah, right? Yeah, right. because you're fit and you got knowledge. So I would have said your whole life. <laughs> so I didn't take working out seriously until I moved into rehab because I didn't have much... You know, you're there. Like, you're not allowed us uh, any visits or phone calls for the first 30 days. After 90 days, you're not allowed. Up for the first 90 days, you're not allowed to have uh, any outings. So I remember, like, we we uh, went to an outing, and I saw the price of gas, and I felt like I was living in a time capsule. You know what I mean? Like, holy shit, it's down 30 cents. You know what I mean? Like, little things like that were trippy. Um, but I didn't take my actual health in fitness and like working out on a consistent basis up until well, I'm nine months clean. So nine months, maybe like 10 months. We'll and nine it. months today, nine months today is the last time that I, that I was getting high. Yeah. That's wild. And so what, so finish your thoughts. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. So, you know, I have a degree in kin, but I never did anything directly related to it. Right. And I get, like I said, a degree in kin helps with the physiology and like, you know, what's going on at the submuscular level. But it's not the same as personal training. So, yeah, on the floor, I can motivate somebody because I'm I play soccer. I've always been loud spoken, and you know, okay, team, let's go, let's get it. But like in terms of correcting form, all right, yeah, that's because I've been putting the work in. A lot of guys that were in the rehab house, you know, they've been to jail and that sort of thing. So, not that it has anything to do with it. There's there's one guy that um, you know I hope he's doing well because he went back in, but um, 
he was really pivotal in my recovery and especially with the, the training stuff and getting me on to like a morning routine. Um, and I started, or sorry, not Vitanova, at 45 about a year ago, but I wasn't full time up until five months ago. And I only got my certification of personal training about a month and a half ago. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, but dude, like, you know what I mean? I'm, so, and do you love it? I do love it straight up. And so what, what has got you most excited right now? About life, about work, about love, about anything. What's, what, what are you like just super jazzed about right now? So there's a lot. Um, I got, I'm just, again, opportunities like this. Um, I just keep attracting them again. I wasn't, I just got out of the rehab. Um, and again, I manifested cause I stopped working there for a bit when I was living at the, uh, the Vita Nova for like five months. And then as I was talking about, it, I get a phone call from my best friend who's also a trainer there, Jason. And, uh, he's like, Hey, the owners of F45 are asking about you. And it was literally 30 seconds after I was telling the boss at the restaurant that I work at about how, you know, I like personal training and then boom. And so it just so happens the head trainer was leaving there and they were looking, they really liked how I worked and boom, just so like that. It, so boom. it's, it's this new, this, these new eyes you have and these new ears you have and this new magic you're playing with that is like law of attraction manifestation. Is that what's got you most excited? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. So again, now like I've come so far in the nine months and sometimes I'm hard on myself, but I really think about what I've accomplished in the nine months. And I moved out of the house on March 11th. So what, April, May, June, July. It's been four months since I moved out and the amount of shit I've accomplished is crazy. Wow. So I'm starting to really see like, I've, like I, I'm, I've always believed that I have a lot of potential and I, I lost that kind of self-confidence in myself but yeah it's really starting to come back and i just see a lot of opportunities happen like i just i feel like the the opportunities are limitless for yeah, me. yeah i'm a firm believer that um our wounds and that's what's got me into the work i do with mm. these deeper portraits and these hard shots uh was that i could see that people wanted to be seen for who they really were. Mm -hmm. And it was like a part of their happiness in life was to be witnessed. And I could also see that everybody had wounds. Some of them were physical, some of them, most of them were mental. And the wounds caused them to hide their true self. Mm -hmm. 100%. So the, the conflict between I wanna be seen for the person I really am and I don't want people to see my wounds because I'm not lovable or likable was so fascinating to me because I was exactly that. I was so hidden for most of my life. This is radically like crazy new for me. Mm -hmm. And when I had that big spiritual awakening with my aunt getting sick, um, that's when everything changed because I was like, my wound of being so hidden, that wasn't the wound, but that was the impact or the, the, um, reaction or the what came out of the wound was that i became a professional hider mm -hmm. you know like one that would hide in plain sight mm -hmm. big smile on his face but like never told anyone what was going on and for like 22 years and never shed one tear never cried because it's like the world like it's there's not an it's dangerous for me to be emotional right that's vulnerability right and that's exactly <clears throat> what i was going through and a big part of the reason why my addiction you know became an addiction as opposed to just like a fun habit yeah, I, I can talk about my shit. Like, I remember when my ear got bit. I didn't even tell my mom for a year. 
until she, like, she, I came home after university. Like, what the hell happened to you? I just didn't talk about my shit. And that was just kind of a theme um, that I live by. Don't talk about my shit. Always happy. You know what I mean? Superficial yeah. confidence. But, and, but that for me was one of the reasons that I, I got in trouble with substances mm-hmm. was because my strategy was flawed. Mm-hmm. It was push all the shit down, the emotions. There's no room in this world for my emotions, right. which never works. So you have this thing that's trying to come out of you and you're pushing it down right. and it feels so fucking miserable and you have no one to talk to. And so it's a recipe for disaster. So the for me, the coping was let's get fucking shit faced right. or other things. Right. right. And it was just like, I don't want to feel this thing. I need to numb this thing. Mm-hmm. Right. So... um I, I don't, oh, what I was going with this is what I discovered is everyone has a wound, mm-hmm. but if you look past that wound, that wound is actually sitting right next to your superpower, you know? And so by hiding your wound, mm-hmm. you're also never going to have access to your superpower. Right. It takes courage to have awareness and be like, yeah, this is a wound. And I'm going to look at it and I'm going to love it. And I'm going to find a way to accept it and share it. So I like what you said there, but I think you said it takes courage to have awareness. I think it takes, it it takes awareness to have courage. It takes awareness to to have have courage. courage. Yes. Because what you're not aware of, you can't change. Like awareness is always the first step. So unless you're aware that you got problems and these things are there, then you can't even manifest or take action with the courage to make a change in your life. I think you're right. I think it takes awareness to have, it awareness takes awareness. Is always the first step. You're right. Straight it takes up. awareness to see the wound. The wound will scare the shit out of you. Mm-hmm. Then it takes courage to decide to step into it and heal it. And I think another thing you said that there's no one to talk to. And that's part of the reason why I've decided to get involved in like places like, or things like flip the scripts and be vocal about, you know, that, hey, listen, I had a problem with substance abuse. Yeah, I used to, like, be worried about hiding it and what would people think. No, no, that's the exact reason why I'm doing this. Because people need to be know that they can talk about it. Dude, I'm a normal person. I've always been a high performer. I had success. You know, I had the perfect storm that led to my, you know, the circumstances in my life. Um, but again, I was aware of it, finally. And certain things happen that bring to your awareness. Like, you know, a, a bird and all that spiritual connection. Um, but that's what we need to do is talk about it. So, yeah. and I think a lot of it has to do with shame. So I was actually listening to a podcast yesterday with, um, who was it? Was it Tony Robbins? Tony Robbins and Russell Brandt. Okay. He's like big into recovery. Yeah. You know, Russell Brandt. I love Russell Brandt. Yeah. So I actually wrote this down. I'm going to share this with you about like the shame. So, because this is what I do, Darius. So my online business, basically these are ideas that I have to put into play. And then these are all my quotes and content that I started to basically. Wow. That's yeah. a long note. Yeah. But then again, something's been holding me back about sharing it. And just recently I started to share it. Yeah. Right. But where, where, where is it here? Um, yeah, you should read some of these things, man. They're pretty cool. I'll share them with you. Send me some. I love to read them. Uh, I don't know where to share. It's essentially that like we don't share and like the shame makes us feel like disconnected from human society. And that's kind of like the wound that we're talking about. Mm -hmm. But by sharing and me telling you about this and then you, this is exactly what it is. I I got it now. Right. I open up to you. I have, I'm aware that I have shit that I'm hiding from people. Mm -hmm. For example, my problem with substance abuse, 
Um, and that's the shame. The shame is not a good energy frequency to live by, but it's inside of me. But by me sharing it with you shines light on it. And then by you saying, listen, dude, that's okay. I had a problem with that too. I know somebody that we're looking to help all of a sudden brings me back to like, makes it normal and just, it gets it out of your system. And it's just like, it's such a feeling of lightness. And that's exactly what I, what I'm here to, to do. So dude, you know, I was going to, what I was planning on, what am I going to talk to about uh, to this guy about? I don't freaking know, but if it goes here, I'm going to talk about it. I'm not just going to like, you know, hold it in my back pocket for worried about what he's going to think about. Me. Yeah. That's what the old me would do, but I've done the work. And although that voice in the head or in my head that says, oh, you know, he's going to judge you is still there. I, mean, I know it's just the ego talking. I'm like, nah, I'm like, I don't give a shit, buddy. Like nice trick, but I'm just going to, I'm cool with who I am. Yeah. Cool. Um, so. I think we should end the podcast very soon, but okay. before we do, I want to know if there's anything else you want the people at home to know about you. Yeah. Darius, uh, he brings it every day. We're going to get the man jacked. Um, about you. Oh, about me. About you. Well, he's going to get jacked because of me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, about me, honestly. I know there's a million things, yeah, there's a shitload. but if you had one last thing that you wanted to share, for the people at home, what would it be? Who you were does not have to be who you are. It's never too late to change your, your identity. Um, you know, who I was is not who I am. There are things in the past that I'm not necessarily proud of, but, you know, it doesn't define who I am today. Today, um, I'm proud of who I am. And, uh, you know, if anybody needs help or knows somebody's struggling, reach out to them, encourage them to talk about it. And uh, I'm more than happy to help. And, uh Come train with me at F45. Amazing. Amazing. Brother, thank you. That was dope. Yeah, brother. And where can the people find you online? I am underscore D pain. So there you have it. It's like Max Payne, but D pain. P A Y N E. I am underscore D pain. All right. Hit Amazing. Episode 224 of the Heart to Mouth podcast. We'll see you tomorrow. Peace.